Hello everyone, Wendy Myers here from live2110.com and mineralpower.com. Today on the podcast, we have my friend Kyle Brown of fit365.com shakes and coachkylebrown.com. And he's gonna be talking to us about the best and worst supplements for fitness. Lot of suspect products on the market that are marketed very, very well for people trying to get fit and trying to lose weight and really they wanna take some sort of pill, magic pill, to help that process. And so we're gonna demystify a lot of myths and make a lot of really good recommendations for you to help you meet your fitness goals. This is part of my Medicinal Supplement Summit. This is an absolutely free bonus talk of the 50 talks that I did. There's 15 free bonus talks and 36 talks that are part of the Medicinal Supplement Summit that you can purchase if you wanna listen to all the talks, not that expensive, and a wealth of information to help you on your, your path of health. It's very, very confusing. When I first started learning about supplements and health, I really didn't know quite what to take, what was, what was essential, what was really not so essential, what was right for my body and specifically for my health issues and how to meet my health goals. And we address so many different aspects on the Medicinal Supplement Summit, the best supplements for various health conditions, the best testing you can do to customize supplements to your body, um, you know, the supplements you should be absolutely avoiding. And we talk about specific brands that the experts recommend for various issues that concern you that they use in their practice. So it's a very specific information to help you. So you can check that out at medicinalsupplementssummit.com. Please keep in mind that this podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, or cure any disease or health condition. The Live to 110 podcast is solely informational in nature and is for educational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare practitioner before engaging in anything that we discussed today on the show. Kyle's talk, like I said, was one of the free bonus talks on the summit. So listen now and enjoy the information. Hello everyone, my name is Wendy Myers of LiveTo110.com. Today I'm talking to Kyle Brown. We're gonna be talking about the worst and best fitness supplements, and we'll talk about the best diet and supplements for fitness, fat burning, and delve into the do's and don'ts of protein shakes. Kyle Brown's health and nutrition portfolio includes personal training celebrities and professional and Olympic athletes. He's the founder of Fit365 Shakes, co-creator of Fierce, Sexy, Empowered Workshops uh, and Workshops for Fortune 500 Companies, author in top-ranking fitness magazines, and as a childhood obesity advocate. Kyle is a CEO and creator of Fit365, an all-natural, complete, low-calorie, delicious meal in a shake. And you can learn more about that at fit365.com. Fit365 is now available in Whole Foods Market and other health food stores. Kyle is the host of the ESPN radio show, The Empower Hour with Kyle Brown. Kyle brings on celebrity guests and covers topics from fitness and nutrition secrets to mental toughness, to longevity, to childhood obesity, a big range of topics. Kyle is also the creator of Fear, Sexy, Empowered. You can learn more about that at fearsexyempowered.com. This is an incredible fat burning system used by busy women to get in the best shape of their lives in just three short weeks. 
Kyle's holistic approach to health and fitness supports mind and body and must be given everything they require to maintain motivation and vitality. In his first book entitled, How Much Does a Zebra Weigh? I love that title. Kyle empowers you to build self-confidence through a sound mind in a healthy, strong body. Kyle partners with organizations including National Police Athletics, Activities League, to join the fight against childhood obesity. Kyle, thank you so much for joining us on the summit. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. Why don't you tell us a little about yourself and your background in the fitness world? So um, my background is basically starting at about six years old. Uh, I don't really have an overweight to in shape before and after journey. I more used fitness as a tool to uh, help me with depression, um, help me with anxiety, help me with uh, anger, and really just not feeling like I'd found my place at a very young age. And luckily, my parents introduced me to fitness really young. Um, we had the whole weight set in the basement back in the day out in the Midwest and punching bags and all that good stuff. But uh, just always been involved with it, never thought it would be a career. But around 2001, I decided uh, to see if there was that opportunity, moved out to California with what I could fit in the backseat of uh, you know, Honda Civic two-door and started the journey. So I went out and I started working as a trainer and got about every certification I could and then started uh, really seeing the link between nutrition and I was actually getting really heavy into the natural health side back uh, around 2002 and lived with uh, my crazy aunt at the time who actually now I look at more as uh, somebody who was just way ahead of her time who only grew organics and wouldn't bring in food from outside the house and really pushed me down the natural health route back then and just started uh, adding additional tools to the toolbox since and for me uh, on the fitness side uh, started training celebrities back around 2002 as well. So I was traveling to LA and and doing that uh, type of a business back when it was all non-disclosure acts and nobody wanted to be seen or known for working out. Versus now, it's all about selfies while they're training with their trainers. So yeah. it's a it's a very different world. And we would sneak into high-end hotels, uh, places like the Montage. Uh, sorry, Montage. <laughs> and I would train celebrities in there, and uh, it's been it's been an interesting ride. But now uh, it's uh, it's it's just been a really fun evolution. <clears throat> so you've been in the supplement industry a while. What have you learned when it comes to fitness supplements? Whew, a lot. Yeah, I actually entered the supplement industry back in 2003. Um, I've learned what you see is not what you get. So my initial supplement intake, I was one of those guys back in the uh, late 80s, early 90s who would pop like 300 horse pills. In the course of a day, uh, everything from the beef liver tabs, so you don't lose your muscle, to creatine, to glutamine, to the you know precursors to precursors to steroids, because you never wanted to use drugs that they'd sell at GNC. And I'd kind of done and tried it all in a natural route, um, which in reality is all artificial chemical garbage. And I'd believe the marketing message instead of studying the ingredients. So really what I've learned is what you see is really not what you get. And once you kind of become the Wizard of Oz and step behind the curtain, you realize that it's, uh, it's a bit of a myth that the FDA is bust, uh, busting companies every single day for lying about what's in their products. And uh, the biggest thing I've learned is that uh, if you can't put it into a little kid's body, don't put it into your own. That's a very, very good rule of thumb. <laughs> and most people working out and trying to get in shape and increase muscle drink protein shakes. 
and you have your own line of, of protein shakes or a complete meal, but they have protein in them. So what should someone be looking for when it comes to protein shakes? Like what kind of, what type of protein powder do you recommend and how to take it? So yeah, we so we got involved with Fit365. We formulated that from about 2003 to 2005. And back in the day, I was just buying everything that was said on the, on the front, all the marketing terminology like, time-released protein and microfiltration and all these things. And once you really learn what all that really means, not from the marketing standpoint, you realize that most protein powders are just incredibly processed um, products, even the natural ones. Everything's just really heavily processed. And in every dietary system, the best rule of thumb is what's called the processing principle, which is the closest food is to its natural state, the better it is for you. And that applies to protein powders as well. So what we use is a year-round grass-fed whey that's all South Australian, which has not been uh, processed. You'll see some organic grass-fed whey's from the United States that are actually not year-round fed grass because they're from Wisconsin, which means that the cows are eating grains that are organic and soy that are organic whenever there's snow on the ground. So it's a place that's got weather like here in Southern California that are all grass-fed. And when you're looking at these supplements, I would say there's, there's a few things you really want to look at. One, you want to make sure that there's nothing in it that you wouldn't feed a little kid. That's all natural, organic, real food ingredients. Two is you want it to be more complete, full food. If you're just ingesting a bunch of protein, your body's not going to take in much more than 21 grams at a time anyway. So you want to make sure that the quality of the protein is really good and that it has side benefits rather than side effects. And you want to make sure also that it's not what you digest, but it's what you absorb that counts. So somebody may take in a plant protein because they think they're being healthier, which I'll say unless you're a vegan is really not going to be the best call because you may be taking in 21 grams of plant protein and absorbing 8 to 10 of them. So you want all the things that you would find in nature around food mixed into your protein shake. You want a full spectrum digestive enzyme blend so that you break down, absorb, and utilize all that protein that's going in. Um, and ideally, you want to be full and satisfied after you have it. And the only thing that's going to leave you full is fiber, which is why we have fiber in there. And the only thing that's going to leave you satisfied and satiated is dietary fat, which is why we added the coconut oil you know, 11 years ago. So it's a full, complete meal that you're, again, feeling good, you're feeling satisfied. And the, the last thing I'll say to look for is make sure you trust your, um, your intuition. How do you feel after you drink that shake? If you feel bloated, if you feel digestive stuff coming on, your body's, you know, your energy decreases, probably not a good thing to be putting in your body. You should yeah. feel rejuvenated after you drink this product. Yeah, I had a website designer of mine that he would drink this protein shake and he read the ingredients that had soy protein isolate and he said he had major stomach pains and diarrhea after he, he took it. I thought, probably shouldn't take that because <laughs> there's something yeah. in it that's not working for you. <laughs> soy uh, protein... Um, I, I'm a big history fanatic because I think the best way to understand what's the right way to do things is to understand where we messed up and why uh, as far as when it comes down to nutrition. And soy, you just look at why did soy ever get introduced into the food system and then why was it made into protein powder. And the good news is it kept us alive. <laughs> the, the bad news is everything else that comes with it. So uh, if you're not very interested in throwing your hormones for a whack, soy proteins is not the best thing to be putting in your body. There's way too many other alternatives that are healthy. 
Are there any other types of protein powders or ingredients in protein powders that you should look for on the label to avoid? Yes. Um, so the first thing that you're going to want to look at when you're looking at a protein shake is what is it being sweetened with? That's the first step that you're going to look at. If it is a natural shake, for example, so you've gotten rid of the sucralose, which is not sucrose, it's not sugar. So if it says sucralose, that's Splenda. You don't want to be putting that stuff in or uh, aspartame or sulfamine potassium. You, you want to keep these artificial sweeteners out. But if you're looking first at your sweetener and you're saying, okay, this thing is sweetened with stevia, for example. Well, if you don't taste the bitterness in the shake, then what you're having is not really stevia. It's the most heavily processed version of stevia called Reb-A that, again, hasn't been test tested long for food safety. There's lots of mixed research on how that's going to be affecting your, affecting your body and your hormones and your thyroid and your estrogen levels. I personally would just say if you're having a protein shake that doesn't taste bitter, that has stevia in it, I would personally avoid it because we've tested everything in the book with stevia to try to make that as a sweetener option and I would say avoid it. Um, and then the next thing that you would you'd want to look at is what it's sweetened with. What we use is a combination of monk fruit, which has been heavily tested. It's from the cucumber family. Um, some places will call it, call it Lohan. Um, and we use a combination of that and organic non-GMO erythritol, which all passes through the human body, been tested since the 1800s for safety. And then the next thing that I would look at uh, with your protein shake as far as ingredients to avoid is really look for um, the fillers. So if you see things like maltodextrin is one of the first ingredients, for example. Maltodextrin is a cornstarch. Um, that is literally just thrown in there as a, as a filler. So that may make it a meal. Um, a lot of the college shakes, for example, they require a really high carb amount. So they throw in that maltodextrin, which is just not the best choice. And then the biggest thing you want to look at is what is your protein source? So a couple ones you want to avoid is if it says something like soy, obviously isolate, concentrate, doesn't matter. Um, milk protein, it's really heavily processed. It's not the same thing as just drinking milk. Um, calcium caseinate, sodium caseinate, all those proteins, if you see that on there, not the best choice. If you're finding a protein powder that's really inexpensive and it says it's a whey protein, it may say whey protein plus calcium caseinate, plus sodium caseinate, plus milk protein isolate. It'll say all these other proteins on there, and they're just going by the marketing of the whey. And they don't have to have that thing be anything more than 1% whey. It could say the order of what's in it the most first. Yeah. So say milk protein concentrate and whey protein isolate. And it could be 99% milk protein concentrate and 1% whey protein just to make it hit the ingredient list. Yeah, you have to be careful that some of these supplement manufacturers are very savvy in what they put on the label and the ingredients are very, you know, suspect or not really not very good for you. So let's talk about some of the types of protein powders. There's like a new bone broth protein powder out there. There's a soy protein isolate. There's uh, the whey protein. And then there are also other um, other types of protein as well. Can you just touch on each of those that you would find on the market, maybe pros and cons? Okay. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's a lot of interesting movement within the protein industry within the last year. The paleo uh, community has been moving pretty heavy into promotion of animal-based protein powder, which are actual animal ingredients, um, which has been, to me, very, very interesting. They're, they're very new to the market. 
But before that, the, the main source has originally been soy, which, uh, again, can thrash your thyroid function, can raise your estrogen levels. It's something I would highly recommend being an absolute last chance if you're stranded on a deserted island. Maybe have that or maybe just do a long time fast and just go with some coconuts and you'll be good to go. Um, but besides <laughs> that, don't put it in your body. Um, if you're extremely allergic, like the sickest of the sick, typically is what they'll go with the allergen-free options, which are like a rice protein powder, um, which again, I, it's the same reason rice ever got introduced to our diet was due to poverty. So if you don't have a severe allergy issue, it's not going to be the best source. Um, then there's also some of the plant-based ones, which are pea or some of them now use quinoa, which again, if you're choosing for um, moral, ethical, theological reasons to be a vegan, then totally fine. But if you're looking for what's optimal, it's nowhere near as good for you. It doesn't have all the, uh, you know, glutathione precursors, all the different things that can increase your immune system. What it really does have for you that is that is good is that allergen issues and the fact that it is not animal based. That that's your choice. If you on the other side of it, um, like your canine teeth and embrace the fact that you're an omnivore <laughs> and you want to go with one of those kind of protein options, then I still think the tried, true, tested option is whey protein from grass-fed cows. It's been tested since the 90s as the as best <clears throat> immune system. If you specifically have a whey allergy, then I would say avoid it. And obviously, you want to go with grass-fed. If you then on top of that say, I want to avoid anything that does come from, uh, come from whey and I want to try a bone broth option. That is fine. Um, my personal take so far on the bone broth proteins are absolutely disgusting tasting. I've tried about five of them. <laughs> they, are, they, are, they are awful. Um, if somebody has one that isn't awful, please send it to me. Try mine and tell me what you think in comparison. I think at the end of the day, uh, you have to find a nice balance between being as healthy as humanly possible and sustainability. And I think sustainability comes from really, truly enjoying the taste of everything that you eat that ever goes in your body. If not, you're just stuck with a really healthy cabinet, which isn't going to get you anywhere. Like, man, that, that, that green drink I have in the shelf right now is incredibly healthy, but do you drink it every day? No, it tastes disgusting. <laughs> so find something that tastes amazing. And that was something we spent two years on is making sure our stuff tasted like a milkshake. So uh, the big thing I've seen with the bone broth protein is I still put in a to-be-determined category. It hasn't been heavily researched as to when you take protein out of bone broth, powderize it, how does it get processed by the body differently. It, it's, you, we, are, we are in guinea pig stage. Mm -hmm. Grass-fed whey has been going on since the 90s and been so heavily researched, stood the test of time. I never like to be first to market. I'm not the first guy to go out and buy an iPhone. I'm not the first guy to jump off a bridge. I want to make sure everybody lands in the water first. So um, if you're looking for newest, greatest, latest, then go buy, buy the iPhone 10. I'll wait till the bugs are worked out. So bone broth protein, I, I've not seen the behind the scenes to see how is it processed, how heavily processed is it, how does it then get absorbed by the human body, where's the amino acid profile. Um, but again, not a bad option. And then um, there also is the animal protein options that are going on right now where they're using actual beef and chicken and fish <laughs> as protein or camel milk 
<laughs> it's getting it's getting pretty pretty interesting. And and I would say, you know what, um, if that's the route you want to go, great. But for me, um, I'll eat chicken, beef, or fish, and my auxiliary meals in between when I have time. Um, I don't need to powderize it. Well, so yeah, it's better. Yeah, I mean, it just goes to show you protein shakes and protein powders very, very popular. People love their shakes in the morning and after their workout. And that's why I really like whey protein myself. I have a sensitivity to dairy. I have a sensitivity to lactose, but I tolerate whey just fine. And so I want to just caution people, you don't have to, um, you know, count whey out just because, say, you're sensitive to dairy, you're not eating dairy in your diet. Very few people have an issue with whey even if they have an issue with the other components in dairy like casein or lactose. Can you talk about that? My entire family cannot drink milk, cannot do ice cream, even though we do and we shouldn't do it every once in a while and we get the congestion from it. We can't uh, do cheese, stomach issues. I'm lactose intolerant. My whole family is. However, I also know that a lot of lactose intolerant comes from the processing of these products where you don't have the lactase enzyme in there. So with Fit365, there's next to no lactose, and we also added in the lactase enzyme to help break down the lactose if people even decide that they want to add in some organic milk as their milk source, um, as their base. So if you are trying to avoid dairy, think really hard what parts of dairy do you want to avoid. It's like I want to avoid rattlesnakes because I don't want the venom or the teeth, but it doesn't mean that it couldn't be some really nice shoes. But not that I wear rattlesnake shoes, but the point being it's not it's not everything is wrong with the product itself. So you may say, okay, I want to avoid cheese. I want to avoid drinking milk. I don't want the congestion or those enlarged uh, protein molecules. I, I don't want to mess with that, which is totally fine. But whey protein, like you've experienced for yourself, it may sit incredibly well with your body, especially with a good quality, you know, as close to its natural state. Like the way that we use is a very special way that's only used in the medicinal side of the market where the first people to ever bring it into the natural health food stores, the retail side, where it's not a byproduct of cheese manufacture. So it's actually the raw way that's a slightly processed. So again, the more you process something, the worse it is for you. And we've noticed with our particular way that we've been using for the last decade is that it really, it sits really well with people who have a lot of immune issues and a lot of uh, issues with like a weak, sensitive stomach and no problems at all. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about collagen protein. Uh, very, very popular on the market, um, adding gelatin and collagen. Uh, wh- what are your, your thoughts on those? What are the differences between regular protein? I, I'm definitely a fan of collagen. Um, I'm into metabolic typing, so I think for certain people it does uh, significantly better. I think the biggest thing when it comes down to uh, collagen protein is, again, test it on yourself. See how your body responds to it. I like to use collagen more in my soups than I would like to use it as a protein source. So I would more I would more take like a bone broth. There's you know I would more say getting collagen in other sources than really a protein shake. But see how your body responds to it. I think is really the biggest key when it comes to collagen uh, collagen protein. Nothing against it, but just see how does your body respond. Some people do incredibly well. Some people won't do as well. So you're a fitness expert. What does your ideal diet look like, and what are some of the best foods you recommend to achieve your ideal fitness level? So um, I've been paleo for about 15 years. I'll call it paleo-ish. 
for about 15 years back when paleo was not very known. You know, Cordain had the, the paleo diet book, which I had read and loved and, and followed and been considered a bit of a freak from my family from it. Um, before that, I came from the bodybuilding world, so I still now with clients, I incorporate in a lot of the skills and techniques and manipulation that they're able to do through natural health to get the, uh, the look and feel that somebody wants for their particular body. And I really just look at all of it as tools for the toolbox. Um, I try to not be an extremist. Uh, I'll call myself a reformed extremist. And that definitely led to a lot of fighting and conflict. It led to not many dates. <laughs> it led to not a healthy, balanced social life. Uh, one of my favorite, I'm very big into stand-up comedy. One of my favorite uh, comedians of all time was Red Fox. And he had a line that said, you know, health nuts will feel really stupid one day, lying in their hospital beds, dying of nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, I think that's, that's just a nice little thing for me is that you always want to find a way to, unless you've got severe allergy issues that you're, you know, your whole life is miserable and you're near your deathbed, if you're really just trying to focus on optimal health and performance, you got to find a combination of a few things. One is I like to take ancestral diet and how do you fit that within to your own diet. Two is how do you make it work for your 21st century on the go lifestyle. There's the biochemical individuality side, which is like how does your own unique body process certain foods and a lot of that is intuition and testing and trying out different foods. And then the third, th the, the last thing that I really like to look at is um, remembering why you're doing this stuff in the first place is to improve quality of life. And if you're sitting here and, you know, I had a guy come see me, for example, who's a year-round full-time fitness model, makes his entire living off of Instagram, came, stopped by, came on my radio show, and we were at Whole Foods, which everyone would consider an incredibly healthy place, right? And he was like, I'm starving. I just need to eat something right now. And we walked over and he's like, yeah, actually, I can't go get the chicken from that counter because the sodium levels are too high and it will cause me to be bloated, which will affect me in photos <laughs> year round. <laughs> and I'm like, are you single right now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, it's the same thing as, uh, you know, for me, I've got a four-year-old and a two-year-old. And going through that process, I used to give great nutritional advice to parents before I had kids. And then I went back and asked for penance for apologizing for trying to give nutrition advice before I had kids. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you need to find a way that it's sustainable. That's really the most important thing is you need to find how do you make these conditions work for you. And then the one thing that I do that I haven't seen anybody else in our industry ever do um, maybe there's others out there doing it, I'd be happy if they would, is that uh, you'd mentioned my book is How Much Does a Zebra Weigh, is I'm pretty obsessed with the animal kingdom, realizing that we are part of it, and that our biggest difference is our biggest benefit and our biggest detriment, which is our free will, and uh, you know this full frontal lobe development. So I love studying the way animals eat, and realize that we're the only ones who are in our heads, and we're the only unintentionally overweight animal in the animal kingdom. So watch what the other animals in the animal kingdom are doing. And when you do that, you start laughing at all the things that humans do with food, like counting calories, like having a food scale, like not eating after 6 o'clock because that's what they said on Oprah. <laughs> a lot of these things are 
pretty nonsensical. If, if you look as if you were a Martian looking down on Earth through a telescope looking at the animals, you'd say, what's wrong with this one animal over here who does all these crazy things around food? And for me, I just I find it very comical because I've been that obsessed person and then I backed out and I gave myself an overview of it all and realized that that's man-made concepts, not nature-made concepts. I've been there before too when I first started learning about health. I shouted it from the rooftops, even though maybe not totally correct information. And, uh, you know, you can get very, very obsessive and very, you know, orthorexia nervosa where you're trying to eat perfect about everything and then thinking then you come full circle and kind of relax a little bit. You know, we have to live in the real world. I think you need to think really hard. Um, some of the best advice I can give you because, again, I've, I've, I've learned, I've got a PhD in mistake making when it comes to food, only because I've been doing this for so long. Uh, one of the big things I try to advise people of is, is when they start getting on their soapbox and preaching food and nutrition, that that never motivates people the way you're trying to motivate them. It's no different than the guy who comes to your door, knocks on the door, and tries to get you to find your savior. <laughs> it's, we're just doing it with food now. And it's whatever diet or workout or nutrition program or workout program that we're into. And uh, proselytizing nutrition or fitness religion is just as obnoxious as proselytizing any type of religion. So I think that that's, and maybe that's a newbie sort of thing that we learn over time. Like, wait a minute, what worked for me at one time may not be my passion right now. So find a way to do it in an inspirational way. And when you learn something new with fitness and nutrition, don't jump ship on everything else that you were doing, thinking everything you're doing is wrong. Realize that these are just new tools for your toolbox. Yeah, and, and you have to do what works for your body. Everyone is different. You can't just follow to the letter everything you read in the book. Everyone is different. Yep. And so, so what are your favorite foods to help improve fitness? If you're looking to improve your body and burn fat and whatever you're trying to accomplish, what are your favorite foods to do so? So um, on the supplement side, I think what people start noticing uh, when I make supplement recommendations is so many of them are food-based. Um, the first thing that I ever start with what I say is, okay, what is the best fitness supplement on the market? The best one for athletic performance, fat burning, energy levels, um, proven results in athletic performance regardless of sport. And that supplement is water. And people go, well, water, okay, that's really boring. That wasn't that. I'm like, no, water, straight water. Dehydration just destroys every one of those things. Uh, when you think you're hungry, you're really thirsty. When you think you're thirsty, you're already probably dehydrated. So I start with that whenever I've been working with anyone on an athletic side. Is exactly. I got my uh, my my number Let's one dad. Some water. <laughs> Best thing you can do for fat burning and athletic <laughs> performance. But then I move it into and and it just makes sense if you think that we're you know somewhere seventy to eighty percent water. Why would water not be the most important thing? Uh, it's, it's literally helps with the rebuilding, regenerating of every single cell in your body. So then I, I get into certain supplements for sports performance, and a lot of them are just food-based. And I think the best supplement manufacturer in the world is Mother Nature. Uh, she's just got this stuff dialed in at a level that we don't even understand yet. Um, beetroot juice powder, for example. So if you don't like eating beets on a regular basis and you want some uh, vasodilation, Beetroot juice is just incredible. I usually recommend about 500 milliliter shot a day. And I think that that's one of the best things you can do as a pre-workout. Um, it's a really nitrate-rich food, right? 
And one of the things that we notice with that is not only is it uh, a really solid pre-workout, but it's also just an awesome way to get, get that pump increased. I've noticed that when I've got beetroot juice mixed in, or I'm having a greens drink or something, for example, with a little beetroot juice as a pre-workout, just a really big difference in athletic performance. Um, healthy fats. I notice that most people, when they're going through a fat loss journey, they focus on this calories in, calories out concept, um, or athletes are really fat deficient and they're carb loaded. I'm also a big fan of avocados. I think a lot of athletes uh, and also people who are on a fat loss journey really focus on calories in, calories out. They're typically pretty calorically deficient and they're missing out on those good healthy fats. I think avocado is incredible. You know, there's a lot of research with avocados for fat loss, for increasing your muscle mass, really giving you, you know, a lot of those bases to get those hormones up and makes a pretty good transfer for people who are finding themselves starving all the time or just carb loaded. Uh, thinking that they need to finish their athletic performance, for example. So they'll like run marathons and they'll load up on carbs afterwards. They'll do pasta or rice. I know from years of traveling to go speak at Disney, I would see all these people show up to the uh, Disney World Marathon and they were 40, 50 pounds overweight. And I'm wondering, how are these people, one, how are they running the marathon, and two, is how are they doing this much exercise and still not changing their bodies? And it's because they're following these old school concepts of thinking that you need to go for a quick run, load up on carbs. You need the carbs for energy, go for a run. And I really think people do a lot better using fat as their primary fuel. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest mistakes in the English language is the use of the word fat for dietary fat and also for body fat. And I think that creates a lot of fat phobia. Um, extra virgin co uh, coconut oil I think is huge uh, I typically do anywhere from one to three tablespoons a day I tell people when you're starting with it see how your body responds you may get a bit of a stool issue if you're going too heavy too quick but I think it does a pretty incredible job we actually added coconut oil from the beginning uh, back in 2005 into fit 365 for that exact reason is its effects on thyroid function its effects on really just helping your body you know get good clean energy it converts into you know with the medium chain uh, triglycerides it works almost like a carbohydrate burning in your body and what I've really noticed is the more I up people's coconut oil uh, the better they get result wise with body fat loss with energy with mental clarity with performance so I try to keep people pretty pretty high in that and then obviously good quality year-round grass-fed whey protein uh, as long as they don't have any kind of allergies to it, is making sure that they're properly nourished. What I like to do with uh, clients post-workout is I'll literally finish up their session, blend up a shake, hand it to them. I think that anabolic window post-workout where your body can basically uh, absorb and utilize those nutrients the quicker the better. I think a lot of people when they work out, they think that they're lifting weights, they're building muscle, not realizing that when they're lifting weights, they're actually breaking down the muscle and getting that good quality protein and good nutrients in your body right afterwards when it's most susceptible is pretty uh, pretty key. And then the last thing that I think is pretty cool from the natural health community is raw honey. Um, I watch all these endurance athletes just down all this goo um, and, uh, and those like products and I just look at my little kids and um, say I wouldn't feed them anything like that but I would feed them some apples and honey and I do, you know, typically a couple tablespoons of raw honey, 
there's incredible research on raw honeys for performance for also on the healing side. You know, so I look for supplements that are food based that have health benefits, not, you know, health consequences like the side effects are you might accidentally get better GI health. You might get better immune responses. You might get some of the antibiotic effects of raw honey. So it's uh, it's just good, clean energy for those endurance athletes that take it to a little bit more of a level than people are just doing short burst stuff. I do the honey myself. I love Manuka honey. That's also from New Zealand. You know, amazing antibacterial properties. In addition, I mean, regular honey has that too, but it's just like amplified, and just just a delicious way to be healthy. Definitely. Um, there are a couple supplements that I like to get into for people that I think may help some of our listeners with some some universal supplements that uh, can help them out on the side if they're looking for fat loss goals, if they're looking for uh, sports nutrition side of goals. Uh, glutamine, I think, is really key. It's an amino acid. It helps a lot with recovery, helps with immune system health. I think, in general, the better you get your gut biome, uh, the better you get your intestinal lining, the more it's then going to transfer into energy levels and your whole body for athletic performance and for fitness and for fat loss. Um, I'm a big fan of covalent bonded glutamine. I tell people about 5 to 15 grams a day. Um, when I'm first starting with somebody on a, on a fitness regimen, I try to have them take in about 5 grams, you know, three times a day. Um, some athletes that I work with, I've, I've occasionally will get the client that wants to and when I'm saying athlete, I'm not saying someone who's just a competitive or professional. I'm saying anybody who's coming to me to transform their body, I get them into an athlete kind of a mindset versus somebody who's in a fat loss mindset. Mm -hmm. So if you feel like you're a fat loss mindset, then you identify all your friends as people who are in this struggle and now you're a fat loss person. And then what? What if you actually lose it? You're going to lose your whole identity. So I consider everybody more, more athletic. So if I'm getting an athlete that's coming to me and they're trying to put on a little bit more muscle mass, with some increased energy, I may get them on like a crealkaline creatine, um, which you can get a good amount of creatine just from eating red meat. But I've noticed some pretty nice effects with people with their strength and their ability to lift a little bit heavier weight. Um, but I tell people when you're doing creatine, some things that typically don't get talked about and it's not required by the company to put on the label is really watch your caffeine intake. And also if you're on NSAIDs and non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, um, Really be aware of that one on creatine. It could give you some digestive issues. Any brands of creatine that you like? Uh, now uh, is, a, is a company that's, and Jero's, uh, a lot of the natural health brands are now starting to come out with some glutamines and uh, creatines and some sports supplements like that. And I feel like those brands have really stood the test of time. If a product is sold in Whole Foods Market, for example, even though there is some uh, people out there may not be the biggest fans of Whole Foods. Being on the manufacturing side, Whole Foods is so rigorous in their testing to make sure that what you see is what you get, that the supplements that are sold on their shelves are what you're seeing. They make all manufacturers send them every single ingredient. The supplier, all your behind-the-scenes secrets, they check things, they walk through your manufacturing facility. They really do a phenomenal job of making sure that the products that are sold in there um, aren't going to have you know, artificial ingredients or Chinese ingredients or anything along those lines, which uh, is not the same thing that can be said for any of the mainstream stores. Um, some, yes, but not most. So definitely, I would say most, part, most of those products that you're getting at Whole Foods Market, they really 
they do a great job with making sure of that. And they, they put companies through the ringer, which I think is a great thing. It's kind of like TSA basically for supplements. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, TSA may be annoying, but I'd rather have TSA checking for those, you know, crazy who are coming through with bombs or guns. Yeah. <laughs> um, the last supplement that I would tell people to really, uh, that I've seen some pretty awesome results with is I get a lot of people who are type A and jakey and nervous and they're trying to get into a fitness weight loss regimen and they're stressed out and cortisol levels are crazy. And ZMA, zinc magnesium, I think is just absolutely awesome. It's just two minerals that we're very deficient in. And the guy who did uh, most of the research on it originally for athletes uh, is actually the guy who had gotten busted in the uh, <laughs> steroid stuff back in the day with elite level athletes, but he did bring some amazing stuff to the table. And ZMA is definitely one, one of them, which is basically zinc and magnesium put together. I like to tell people to take it without calcium because if your body is calcium deficient, it may just be bringing in the calcium and not taking in all the zinc and magnesium. But I really think ZMA is awesome. What I've noticed is we've been taking ZMA, uh, friends of mine, from the natural bodybuilding world all the way back in the early 90s. We take it right before bed, and I find that it makes me sleep deeper. I get a lot more dreams, and a lot of the research on it is that it helps your body hit REM better in your sleep, so you'll produce more natural growth hormone, which is great for men and women. And you know we, we all need uh, deeper sleep, especially parents. So I, uh, I think it's just something that, that can be very beneficial to a lot of athletes. Oh, yeah. I mean, I take a magnesium every night before I go to bed, and it's just you need it for so many things in the body. You have to take it to be healthy, or if you're trying to achieve peak fitness, so important. And so a lot of there's a lot of, you know, really bad fitness supplements on the market. Um, can you talk about a few of the ones that people should definitely avoid? Yep. So I have used many of them. I have, luckily, I stopped before it got really bad. And, and, Everyone realized they can make a buck manufacturing supplements or private labeling them. So last time I tried a lot of these things were way back in the day. Um, I'd bitten into their marketing messages. I'd stood behind companies. I'd been sponsored by some way back in the day when I was involved with competitive bodybuilding. And I can just tell you that bottom line is there is nothing that happens at the age of 18 that all of a sudden magically your body can now process these chemicals, artificial sweeteners, artificial ingredients. Um, supplements. If it's like warning, keep out of reach of children, are we all just big children? There's nothing that happens that makes it okay for your body. So one thing, the first thing I'll tell you is anything thermogenic. We're already under so much adrenal stress and fatigue that the idea of pre-workout, we need our adrenaline pumping, we need our body totally messed up and, and firing like crazy before we work out uh, is terrible. Um, and it doesn't make your workout more effective. You may initially, it's just going to make you peter out. I'll give you a perfect example. Look at professional fighters. If a boxer is getting into a ring or an ultimate UFC guy, the ones who typically win are guys who are walking in the most calm, cool, collected, knowing what they're going to do, and they're in a really good, solid situation, and they're under good emotional, neurological control. The ones that walk in all wired like they just drank 17 Red Bulls, usually come in all crazy and then get knocked out within a few seconds. <laughs> and it's the same thing for us when we walk into the gym. If you're all fired up and crazy and like, I just want to punch something, you're going in, you're going to peter out really quick. You're probably going to tear a muscle. You're going to hurt yourself. And it's really not, not the best call. Plus, just what is it doing on your internal organs? 
we think so much about the superficial, like the muscles, but we never really think about the organs when it comes to fitness and transformation. And I always say when it comes to like checking somebody out and seeing if they're attractive or not, I want to see the inside of their grocery cart, not what they look like on an Instagram selfie. And same thing with supplements. If you're sitting here taking supplements that get you wired and all jittery and are thermogenic, you're, you're playing with fire here. I have watched people take um, ephedrine-based supplements, for example. That's the first one I'm going to say. Uh, back in the day and have full grand mal seizures from them. And they aren't in the reported side effects because these people are in their 20s and 30s and they're not going to take some time to go call a company, report it, get it put into the data. So none of this stuff is showing up in the data. Um, also, here's another interesting thing with ephedrine from my own personal experience. I used to take the highest recommended dosage of a very popular ephedrine-based supplement when I was like 20 years old and competing. And what I noticed is I didn't wean off of it, so I went cold turkey. But what happened, I was getting all that great serotonin benefit from it. I caught myself my senior year of college slipping into a little bit of a mild depression, and I didn't know why. And I really then looked into it, and the only variable that had changed in my life is that I got off of that particular supplement. So if you put in anything exogenous into your body from the outside that your body naturally is producing, your body's going to produce less of it because it's going to say, oh, I don't need to produce as much. And we're messing with our delicate hormone balance. So I say really keep away from ther thermogenics, extreme caffeine dosing. So the next thing that I'd really take a look at avoiding is anything that is a testosterone-boosting product. Um, Food-based testosterone-boosting bo products like maca root, totally fine. But if you're going to a health food store, let me take that back. If you're going to like a retail outlet store, just try to be careful not to call it any multi-billion dollar corporations. But if you're going there and you're seeing any of these products that can raise your testosterone levels and make you more of a man and make you more anabolic, uh, avoid like the plague uh, for many reasons. One, uh, the FDA on a daily basis busts these companies for having illegal Chinese ingredients in them and actual steroids from China. <laughs> actual fat burners, products that are out there that are actually speed. If you were to see what gets pushed under the table and covered up on a daily basis, you would be scared out of your mind and you would never put these supplements in your body. And just because they have a good marketing budget doesn't mean that they're worth putting your body, which brings you back to the golden rule of don't put a supplement in your body you wouldn't put in your kid's body. So if we're looking at uh, these testosterone products, it could be huge issues with those types of side effects. You may get amazing gains or you may just get you know, uh, gynomastia or any of the side effects with any of, without any of the benefits. There is really next to no regulation on these. And if they're not being sold in a health food store, they're not being looked at at all for what is the company really giving you. And I would never, never, never put that kind of stuff in our body. Um, do you consider GNC a health food store? Because I've seen some pretty crazy products in there that like Nitro Max and things like that that you know are questionable. Don't put anything in your body that they could then make fun of on South Park. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good rule of thumb. <laughs> Wake in or explode 2000. Like if it says explode, what is exploding? That's what I want to know. Yeah. Is it your digestive system that's exploding? <laughs> is it your, you know, it's, it's, it's sure not your results. So I personally am not a big fan of any of these types of uh, stores that don't deal with the regulation and that really just focus on cool neon uh, muscle building type of uh, labels and products. 
Um, the best way to grow muscle is to treat your body with respect through real food, through sleep, through waters, through all the things that aren't as sexy as pop this magic pill that makes you feel awesome. And here's the thing. This, again, is not that interesting and it's not going to be seen on a Facebook ad, but it's just the facts and this is going to save you years of frustration. There is no secret sauce. There's only one secret sauce that you will ever see used by certain celebrities and pro athletes who make incredible gains and it's steroids. None of these people are using any of these other supplements that they're promoting. They're not. They're just not. They're, they're not using uh, Nitro Max burner fat. I'm just throwing a bunch of words out there because I don't want to call out a certain brand. But if you start seeing all these get shredded supplements or get giant muscle supplements or any of that kind of stuff, it's not what the people are using. They're using steroids, plain and simple. They're promoting these brands to pay their steroid bills, which are incredibly high. <laughs> or on the other side, a little Hollywood behind the scenes, again, never calling anybody out, but just telling you a little bit about what happens. If all of a sudden you see an actor gain 30 pounds of muscle with zero fat in a short period of time on a five to $10 million movie contract, and he said, well, I started Pilates and I'm training at the gym twice a day, they don't have different genetics because they chose the profession of acting. They have the same stuff on the line as a world-class professional athlete does, which is multi-million dollar uh, contracts, and they are professional entertainers. So are they probably doing certain things that I wouldn't recommend anybody do? Yes. My goal is very similar to your goal, which is why we are so synergistic, which is I love the live to 110 concept. They focus on the live in the now, what's going to get me and my career to a certain level, and the ends justify the means. And for them, the ends is a financial end. So save yourself the tens and thousands of dollars, the mental stress and anguish that's going to come from not achieving the results from popping those supplements, the chance that you're probably throwing some Chinese ingredients in there from people who really don't care about what they're putting in your body and they're just saying it's not personal, it's business. It's always personal. <laughs> and don't put these things in your body. Focus on the real food first. And the, the good statement that I like to make to people is that supplementation is an addition to the foundation of proper nutrition. Get your food and your water dialed in completely and then see where are you supplementing certain things that are missing. It's not the supplement that's going to justify you know, the, the poor nutrition or the running is going to justify the eating of the pizza all the time. It's the same thing. Yeah, so fat burning has definitely helped with, with some supplements, but we need to employ lifestyle changes as well. What are some of your top fitness tips that you use with your, your clients? So when it comes down to fitness, uh, it's start first with find a sport or activity that you love. And it's a lot easier to make it a lifestyle that way. So the first thing I tell people is um, think back to the days you were playing sports, even in school. So let's say you weren't very good at sports and you got picked and you had to play PE basketball and that wasn't your thing. So you weren't really good at it. So you're like, I hate basketball. You don't hate basketball. You just haven't practiced basketball. You may all of a sudden start playing basketball and start to really like basketball because you get good at basketball and you can get that ball in the hoop many times. So realize that when you start fitness, you're probably going to suck at fitness the same way I 
totally suck at speaking Japanese because I haven't practiced it before. So, for example, a woman will come to me and go, I hate push-ups. Why do you hate push-ups? They're hard. Why are they hard? I don't know. Have you done push-ups a lot? No. And then all of a sudden, you, you'll get a woman, they start doing incredible different types of dynamic push-ups, and that same woman now loves push-ups. So I tell people when it comes down to it is, one, find a sport or activity that you love, and two, realize that some of these things aren't going to be that fun until all of a sudden you get good at them and competent in them, and it's just like any other school you go to. So the thing I try to tell them when it comes to finding a sport or activity that they love is that that sport can be like a meditation in motion and it can get you to a point where you aren't worried about the time, you aren't worried about the calories, you aren't worried about the heart rate, you're focused on enjoyment of the sport and you'll go way longer. So for me, you know, basketball is a perfect example of that. When I'm playing basketball, I'm completely in the moment, focusing on exactly what I'm doing. If you're not, you start checking your cell phone, you get smacked in the face with the ball. <laughs> so you're totally in the moment. I don't know what my heart rate's at. I don't know what intervals I'm doing. I don't know if I'm, if I'm doing 20 minutes of cardio or 30 minutes of cardio. It's not monotonous. It's exciting. And you just find some sort of sport or activity that you love. That may be hiking, swimming, fishing, you know, active fishing, I guess running after the fish, yeah. but <laughs> spear fishing. But find a different type of activity that you love that gets your body to transform from it. Um, don't feel like you need to be a slave to the gym. And if you get into the gym, Make sure you understand what you're doing, that you're not just going through the motions and find a coach that can teach you the basics of the mechanics uh, first so that you're not getting hurt and that you're actually enjoying what you're doing. And I think that's one of the most important things. Then when it comes down to fat burning, it's, it's, it's all about the fuel. It's all about the fuel. You have to make sure you're fueled properly and that you understand what to put in your body before you work out, what you put in your body after you work out. And that you're really treating your body like a Bugatti, that you're really making sure that your body is properly fueled. Well, Kyle, thank you so much for contributing your expertise to the summit. Can you tell the listeners more about where they can find you and your work? Well, first off, thank you so much for having me. I just think everything that you're doing is world class. I really appreciate it. And uh, this has just been incredibly enjoyable. So thank you. And uh, for the shakes, if they're interested in learning more about the Fit365 shakes, go to fit365.com, so FIT365.com, and we do a money-back guarantee. You can check them out. And then the other thing, if they're interested in learning about any type of the coaching I do uh, for transformation, for fitness or nutrition, go to coachkylebrown.com or go to uh, striveforfitness.com, so strive, the number four, fitness.com. Kyle, thank you so much. And everyone, thank you again for listening to another bonus talk on the Medicinal Supplement Summit. And if you enjoyed this talk, please enjoy 36 more talks by purchasing the Medicinal Supplement Summit so you can listen to it at your leisure if you have, when you have time. And we discuss every aspect of supplementing, how to take supplements properly, what ingredients to avoid, the best testing to couple, customize supplements, even toxins in supplements. People don't realize even rice proteins have a lot of arsenic in them and we talk about a lot of concepts related to that, toxins and supplements. It's all covered in the Medicinal Supplement Summit. My name is Wendy Myers, and my hope is that you experience the health that you deserve, and that all begins with taking the right supplements for you.